Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone and welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 397 of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm Chad Dotson. He's Chris Garber. We're going to talk now. Hi, Chris. Hello, Chad. I am talking now. You are talking now and now I am talking. We have a few things we want to talk about uh on this week's episode, and really three primary topics. So let's take the first one. Hey, did you see the uh, the Cardinals fired Mike Schilt? Their the St. Louis Cardinals? The St. Louis Cardinals. The team that yeah. won 17 consecutive games to overtake the Reds and make the playoffs, briefly. Fired their manager. I, it's surprising, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I got a text from uh, from Bill Lack uh, earlier today. He's like, the Reds would never do this in a million years. Well... No, they wouldn't, and uh, I figured out why. You see, you see, the reason Mike Schilt was fired was over philosophical differences. And to have philosophical differences, one must first have a philosophy. <laughs> ah, indeed, sir, indeed. And so the Reds, having no organizational philosophy to speak of, can never be at odds with their manager over such a topic. Right. I mean, you know. You can't have any difference of uh, in philosophy if you just don't know what you believe or what you're what you're here for. Oh my goodness! I mean, I mean, I guess that's different. I mean, having one versus not would be a difference. And maybe that was where Dick Williams left. But uh, yeah, I, that's something, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I was you know, uh, of course, who knows um, uh, what was really going on there? We don't actually watch the Cardinals every day, but my goodness, it just it seems like maybe they want to win. I don't know, and uh, and they didn't get it done, so. They're making changes in an, in an effort to uh, to get it right. That's what it looks like from the outside. Yeah, I mean, it's it it's. I don't know what to say. I mean, the team they didn't really underachieve. I mean, I don't. Hopefully, the the organization didn't look at the last couple months and say, "Well, we clearly had the talent to win seventeen out of twenty games all season, and therefore <laughs> losing to the the Brewers was a failure." Right, or uh, or we made it to the playoffs and, you know, we were only there for three hours or six hours. I think each game lasts six hours in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, no, such things don't such things don't bother the Reds. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Reds game time uh, last night. Zero yes, hours, so zero minutes, as, as someone yeah. said. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. You know, it's, it's the last time that you and I talked, uh, we talked about, David Bell getting that two-year extension, and we were both kind of like, eh, okay, whatever. Um, but but it, it, it kind of does show a difference in philosophy between these two organizations. That was apparent, have, has been apparent for two decades, but uh, it really puts it into focus to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm just kind of baffled by the whole thing. I kind of want to say cards in disarray, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I mean, they... Uh... I don't know who are they looking for. I mean, the the I I was very entertained when I saw some of the the candidates floated out on uh, Twitter this afternoon. Was Yachty among them? No, no, but that's a great idea. Player manager Yachty Player or Molina. Player manager, yeah, that's <laughs> a great idea. No, uh, um, well, our our good friend Skip Schumacher, Ooh. one of the three names floated good. out there. Sir Grittiness. Yes, I, I mean, miss him. yeah. The stomacher himself. <laughs> Love that guy. Really? Any, any other interesting names? Uh, no, I honestly didn't even recognize the other two guys. So yeah. I, I was reading too fast. I got excited with Skip. 
So David Bell wasn't among the, the possible candidates, I understand. No, no. Uh, we got David for that. Yeah, I don't know what to make of it, really. I mean, this is all speculation. And who knows what the what was going on inside the clubhouse. And you know, I know a, there's a significant uh, portion, I was told today, of, of Cardinals fans who not uh, pleased with uh, with Schilt. But I think that's the way with every organization. I think everybody has a group of people who really hates their manager. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I think I've... Uh... Either I've grown up or I've realized how, you know, how little it matters or how, uh, how many bad ones are out there. I don't know which it was, but I, I, t- I care a whole lot less about who the manager is. Yeah. I, I think in the, in the wake of Dusty Baker, who I just thought was miserable, I just reconsidered, you know, first of all, and that's what we said about David Bell a couple of weeks ago, you know, David Bell, just like almost every other manager, he's not really, he's not great. He's not bad. He's just, he's your, your average manager. And managers, frankly, get too much credit when the team wins and, and too much blame when they lose, certainly. But, you know, a guy like Dusty, uh, you could tell what he was doing. It was something he does, and it's still, now, I, whether he's going to get a ring, because he's never had success in the playoffs, really, um, because uh, he's Dusty. But, man, he does something that gets him there. I, I don't think I don't think you can argue that at this point. I mean, you can, well, but. No, I mean, look, I would love to play for him. He seems like the you know greatest I mean? guy ever, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, wouldn't you want him to be your boss? Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, at least a, a guy you get to hang out with every day. I mean, I can see why players love playing for the guy. You know, and he if he doesn't, if he exasperates fans, kind of, who cares, really? It's true. It's true. So, who knows? Maybe Schilt, Mike Schilt. You could be careful. You're pushing, the, you're pushing the line there with the, the FCC and Mike Schilt. Maybe that's why he got fired. Oh, maybe. Maybe there was a problem with one of their broadcasters. Um. I pride myself on being a man of faith, Chad. <laughs> and there's a deep drive um, to our next topic. How about that? Yeah, I don't know. What the, I don't know. If we have anything necessarily to say about it. Just, I, I wanted to talk about it because it's a. It's just kind of a stark uh, difference. The Reds collapse down the stretch, sort of collapse down the stretch, and their manager gets rewarded, which is whatever, you know. Um, and the Cardinals uh, go on a great run, uh, but do not advance in the playoffs, and their guys out. So. Oh, other- sorry, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting breaking news here. The other two candidates are Oliver Marmol, who I don't know. Yeah, obviously, yeah. He, he and be. and this, I can't believe I zipped past this name, Stubby Clap. <laughs> Stubby Clap. Yes, indeed. Got to be careful with the FCC on that one too. I think those are the those are the two uh, internal candidates and uh, contagious conditions. <laughs> oh man. It's like uh, like the old joke, you know. Uh, what's your what's your uh, uh, horoscope sign? You know, oh, I'm a Cancer. It's a freaking disease, and and uh, you know the the animal it's associated with is a crab, another freaking disease. I don't know. I'm gonna have to edit that out. This is we're, this might be the record time that's going off already, the rails, Chris. Boom, you know? we're three forty three in, and it's already we got three fines pending. From that's the, right, exactly. Yeah, uh, Skype Broadcasting Network. <laughs> literally, literally a dangerous podcast tonight. So. Um, you had a uh, evidently. I, I don't. I, I didn't see this on on the Twitters last night. But you had an interesting conversation. It sounds like, and it's a really good question uh, that I would like uh, our, our listeners or viewers, whatever they're called, to to think about. You want to tell us what that what that question was you posed to me? Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, so I forget who started the conversation. I was as usual on Twitter, butting into somebody else's conversation. <laughs> but uh, the the conversation was. Uh, oh, it was obscure X Reds. I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Carlos Guevara were chatting, and started with Jim Irsay, the Indianapolis Colts ma- uh, owner, promising you know 
multiple uh, championships in the next decade. And, and uh, you know, Obscure X Reds brought up the fact that Bob Castellini made such a promise and, and you know, kind of got into there. And, and then the conversation, you know, turned into money and then it turned into the Brewers in Tampa Bay. And uh, Obscure X Reds brought up a, a story which I, I guess is, uh, I guess is, we believe, I don't know if it's ever been proven, but that Dick Williams and his team presented to Bob Castellini said, hey, look, here's a plan, a philosophy, if you will. We can run the Reds the way Tampa runs their organization. You don't have to spend a lot of money. You focus on development, and we can. We think we can consistently win this way. Now, the catch is you got to keep payroll low by trading off all the star players when they get to be in their fourth or fifth year. And the story goes that Bob Castellini said, hey, I, you know, I, I don't want to do that. The fans will be upset. That's not how I want to run this organization. And so the, you know, the Reds did what they did. And uh, Carlos said he, he didn't, he didn't want that. He didn't, he didn't like that idea. And I thought, you know, I don't know how I feel about it. What if, so if the trade-off is the Reds are in the playoffs every year, the Reds make the world series here and there, but as, as was brought up, they didn't win the world series. They don't have a trophy. Uh, but the downside is you got to trade Jesse Winker right about now. The downside is you probably traded Joey Votto in 2012. Uh, you, you probably traded Tucker Barnhart. You probably trade, um, you know, Michael Lorenzen. So some of it doesn't bother me that much, but yeah, if what, so what's the deal? Here's the, here's the question. Would you rather have you know, National League Central Division champion T-shirts and hats and uh, a couple pennants flying, even if you don't get to win the whole thing? Or would you have rather watched Joey Votto do what he did for bad teams for the last 10 years? Well, do you have a uh, have an answer well, for you, personally for I, you? I, I, think I'd, I think I'd be happy with him winning. I mean, the, the example that I thought of, try to be the kind of the most on point, was... I liked Mario Soto. I have a lot of good memories of Mario Soto. It was cool when Mario Soto was one of the best three or four pitchers in the league. Um, but I kind of have better memories of Jack Armstrong. <laughs> you know, who yeah. was only on the, or, or 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 Randy Myers. You know, guys who were only on the Reds for a few years, but uh, we watched them all the way through October, and they they got rings and they're kind of you know. So I think that's. If that's the trade, I think I have a lot of Reds that I like who were on the team for a short period. I don't know. It's yeah. a tough question, though. I see both sides of it. I can definitely see both sides of it. I imagine uh, that uh, everyone listening will have their own uh, their own opinion about that. And, and reach out and let us know what it is. To me, actually, I mean, I can, while I can see both sides of it, it's not even a question to me. You know, boy, I've enjoyed Joey Votto. Over the years, I just absolutely uh, enjoyed watching him every day, and I, and I, you know, it, it would be have been sad if we'd lost him, you know, nine years ago or whatever. But it's not even close for me. You know, get me in the playoffs every year. You know, we'll have uh, we'll have other guys making memories and, and and becoming our favorite players. I, you know, I don't. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, I think I mean, I think you're right. Isn't it then just isn't it then just the NFL? Where players don't really have long careers, and certainly not with the same team, 
you know, maybe one or two guys is on the team for 10 years, but everybody else is four years and they're gone. And, but if your team's in the playoffs every year, you, you can, you're cool with cycling through seven or eight good wide receivers. Right. I mean, I mean, we're, we need to acknowledge up front that we're, we are rooting for laundry as Seinfeld said, you know, we're, we're rooting for the shirt. And yeah, I got lots of favorite players, but I do also have some favorite players that, you know, we're here for a brief period of time. You know, Shinsu too. Love that guy. We should have been around longer. I, it doesn't mean that we can't still have uh, favorite guys. And you know, Joey Votto goes on to another team and we still, I mean, I love the fact that he's been with the Reds all this time. But the fact of the matter is, in order to appreciate Joey Votto, you had to watch him. And in order to watch him, you had to watch the Reds. And that's not been fun very often. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to keep comparing to other sports, it's not like the, you know, the NBA, where if even if your favorite player's on a bad team, he's at least on TV the whole 40 minutes or 48 minutes of the game. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, Joe, you, you, <laughs> he's on the you court. Get to watch, you get to watch Joey four at-bats a night. So a combined, you know, 15 minutes of of Joey Votto time every night. Yeah. And, and the rest of the time we're watching Sh- Skip Schumacher. Just about. <laughs> just, just about. Just about did it again. <laughs> uh, Skip Schumacher. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, again, when you phrase it, you don't, didn't get to watch Joey Votto's great career. Well, no, you still can watch his great career and then no, he's not wearing your uniform. And that's, that would be regrettable. That, that'd be, that's not ideal. I'd rather have them both. But the fact of the matter is, I, it's so much more fun watching this team when they win. And as I recall, it's so much more fun when they get in the playoffs and have a shot at the World Series. Now, they, you know, the, the Rays haven't won. But, man, what fun the seven friends of that team have had every year uh, that they make it into the playoffs. I don't know. I just To me, it's not even a question. And, and I know that it is a, a, a debate. And I know that probably 50-50 uh, people would fall on either side of that. But to me... <laughs> After all these years of losing, I guess maybe I've just been beaten down. I, I just want to get in the playoffs yeah. again. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. I mean, I'm not going to have any kind of – I don't know. I'm going to feel a whole lot different about Nick Castellanos. If he's here for three more years and they keep losing, I don't I don't know that that – I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, we, we, we look back on great memories of Adam Dunn because there are no great memories of the team winning during that time period. Yeah, think about uh, Nick Castellanos. Uh, here, he, two years he's and probably that's all he's going to be here. But um, we'll talk more about that in a moment. Let's imagine a different scenario where the Reds made the playoffs and maybe you know maybe made their way to the NLCS. Just a you know fun run. They win that wild card game, knock off the Dodgers, and, and they get all the NLCS and they lose in six or seven games. Right. Ultimately, we'd look back and say, "Wow, that's a fun team." And Nick Castellanos moves on next year. We're still all going to love Nick Castellanos. <laughs> You know, he's still uh, like a, a name in the in the history of this organization that we're not going to forget just because he's playing for the, you know, the Yankees next year or whoever. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, well, here, I mean, this isn't exactly four years and out, but do you, do you well, I mean, it's not a fair comparison, but I mean, Javier Baez, Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, those guys weren't on the Cubs all that long. I mean, Rizzo maybe, but you know what I mean? Like six, seven years and they're gone. Yeah. That's. But they're still, you know, legends of the uh, organization. Yeah. Uh, right. You know. Right. You know, so I don't know. Yeah. I just, I, uh, if you're asking me to I, give up what we have with Votto, uh, you know, I don't want to do that, but man, boy, I would. Even if it doesn't, even if it isn't 
a World Series. Sure. Because I, I think I think that's kind of like a little bit of an unfair uh, framing. Uh, you know, that's that's how it was framed to me. But I think it's a little unfair because I am very much of the Billy Bean school that yeah. the playoffs are a crapshoot. Yep. And especially the way they're 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 structured now. Where yep. you're going to have either the Dodgers or Giants eliminated tonight, and they're probably the two best teams in baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's kind of why I was hoping the Reds would just be able to sneak in because you, know, you just don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> you know, the best team rarely wins. I think I saw a uh, I don't know how accurate this was, but but some study said that in uh, since they went to this uh, current uh, playoff or maybe since they just went to wild cards period, only seventeen percent of the time has you know whatever the computer said was the strongest team won the World Series. That's just baseball, you know, unless you want to make each series, you know, 21 games, <laughs> it's going to be tough to really, truly, yeah. uh, you know, have the best teams win most of the time, but, uh, you got to be in that playoff to win it. You got to be in the tournament to win it. Yeah. And, and, and look to anybody who complains about good teams being eliminated, the problem is not the structure of the playoffs. It's how many teams are in. Yeah. So that can be another podcast, but uh, you know I, I have feelings about that one too. Yeah, I do as I do as well. I don't know. I just I, I just think about all those four straight years of losing ninety games. And yes, I enjoyed watching Joey Votto. You know, twenty seventeen Joey Votto was great. Probably should have been the MVP. But my goodness, you know, it, it, you just don't want. There's no reason, no desire to tune into the game except to maybe watch him. And that's just not. I'd rather watch a team that wins ninety some games I, every year. Yeah, you're coming away yeah. feeling uh, feeling good about the team uh, more often than not. I, I, I'd rather watch uh, Billy Hatcher jump up and down and celebrate than, although he wasn't because he was hurt. But then uh, I think I'd rather watch that than Joey. Uh, you know, yeah, be an MVP candidate. Right. Yeah, and even as great as what we how much we enjoyed what Joey did this year, Billy Hatcher's a great. That's a, that's a perfect. That's a perfect kind of figurehead for this conversation we're having. Because how long was he with Cincinnati? I mean, he, as a coach, he was there. He's been he was there forever. Um, but what a couple of years? Two or three at the most. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very short timer, but you know that guy got uh, hits in his first thirty-eight at bats in the World Series, and so you know he's a he's a star. Yeah, two and a half years. Yeah. See, but Billy Hatcher's a red. You know, he was in his t-shirt out there uh, celebrating out in Oakland. So anyway, that's a that's a great question. I look forward to hearing what everyone else has to say about that. Um, so now, which side of it was was Carlos uh, Guevara on? He was firmly on. Uh, he he wouldn't trade the, as he put it, what he'd gotten in the last eighteen years from the Reds for for anything. Now look, it's a different deal for him. I mean, in case you don't know, he played in the Reds minor league system with Joey. Is with, yeah, is a teammate and friend of Joey Votto. So yeah. you know, he's got a different perspective probably than just you know. Joe Sweat Sock fan like you and me. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. And and I'm not saying that if that you agree with that, that position that you're wrong because I can absolutely, like we said earlier, I can I can see the arguments for both. Just it's not even close for me personally, just because I've suffered so much with this team for the last you know 25 years. Oh, yeah. Are we done yet? Can we stop talking about this team? And this has been another episode <laughs> of Red Leg Nation Radio. So uh, the the final topic uh, for the night before we get into some viewer mail questions is one that I want to try to tackle. I, I tried to imprint, but I want to talk about what the Reds should do this, uh, this winter. Now we know that there are the reasons to believe that the Reds are not going to do everything they can to compete. I think the, the, you could read the tea leaves on that one. 
We're going to go get the shortstop. <laughs> right. We're going to, uh, but but I want to look at it as if, let's, let's imagine that the Reds were really, truly going to try to win. <laughs> uh, you know they they were eighty three and seventy nine this year. Okay, that's that's the best A winning record. Well, winning baseball. It's the best in eight years. We're gonna win. Period. But they had they were <laughs> exactly. Um, but if you think about it, if, if if ownership and management were serious. You've got a team that's got a pretty good little core, a good young core. You know, Jonathan India, Tyler Stevenson, uh, Vladimir Gutierrez. We got Jose Barrero. Um, you may think Dari Moretta uh, as a reliever is there. But you got Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo coming. I mean, you've got a pretty good young core. Um, you could you know build around that core and put together a team that could be competitive over the next few years. Now, again, Edgar Garcia, uh, Edgar Garcia, the immortal. Um, what about CNL Perez? Is he still? The organization? No, no. Edgar Garcia is only twenty-four. Mm, good. Lots more years of him. Yeah, plenty, plenty more time to enjoy. <laughs> so great uh, moments. <laughs> let's let let's talk about what if uh, if if the if the Reds were serious. What do they do this winter? I, I think there are some some real. Uh, it's not that many things they would have to do to make this team legitimately a, a contender next year. Because I mean, if you look at this year's team, if they just had put a bullpen together, they're probably at least uh, closer to the playoffs, if not in the playoffs, because uh, of all the games that will be blue, especially early in the year. Mm-hmm. So uh, the first thing I wanted to ask you about was uh, Castellanos. Mm-hmm. Do you, if, it's an, if it's not a dysfunctional organization, do you commit to doing everything you can to bring back Nick Castellanos? Oh, um, you know, that's a good question. You know, he's going to be 30. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't know that he's quote-unquote an old 30, but... <laughs> I, I, what I honestly, and I honestly don't know the answer to this. I don't know what players of his profile, how they age, yeah. like how well they age. And I, I just, I don't know what I would do there. I mean, he was pretty good. Um, you know, he was really good. He was good. MVP, <laughs> he was MVP, good. Yeah. I mean, MVP candidate, probably not when you only walk 40 times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. What would you do? Well, I, I think that I do do. I don't do everything I can to bring him back, <laughs> but I do a lot. I, I really try to bring him back. At some point, there's probably a number. Even if, well, I mean, if we have an unlimited budget, that's one thing. But at some point, I mean, he is a he's a star. I, I think I think he's a star, mm-hmm. and I think he'll be a star next year. I think you can make an argument. Hey, Nick, you became a star when you started playing at this bandbox, Great American Ballpark. You know. Uh, right. I mean, it's very clear he was a massive doubles hitter all throughout his career. Yeah, led the league. And he, yeah, and he still hit a lot of doubles, but an awful lot of doubles literally turned into home runs for him at GABP. Yeah, and so thirty-four homers and hundred RBIs, both uh, career highs. Um, so you know, I think you got a, a, a case to be made that hey, your career benefits from this as well. Uh, but you know, it depends on if there's a bidding war for him because he's not a superstar. No, that's a very good point. Now, so so what do you, like, we can go way out, you know, 30,000 feet here. What's the best way to build a team? Superstars, stars, or average players, or, you know, above average players? Like, obviously, you want nothing but those things, but if you have to pick and choose, like, what's, how you know what I mean? Like, how many, how many eggs go in one basket, I guess? Yeah. Is it worth investing in stars who aren't superstars? Who are the superstars that have played for the Tampa Bay Rays in recent years? 
No, it's a, I think that's the answer for at least one answer. Yeah, it's a, it is a answer. An answer, if I know how to speak uh, English. I mean, and the, or yeah, you, you somehow take guys like Justin Turner and turn them into semi-superstars. Right, I don't know how that happened. Former uh, Reds uh, farmhand, Justin Turner. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think uh, no worse than average everywhere and above average most places probably gets you pretty far, frankly. Um, but, you know, uh, I don't know. You, you need you need those above average guys. And, you know, I think about the drop from Castellanos to who might play right field in his absence. And it kind of scares me a little bit. This team's not yeah. exactly deep in the outfield. No. And, and you know, you can't like they got lucky. Like Tyler Naquin, I don't think can be counted on to do that again. No, there's no 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 way in the world you can count on him to do that. I mean, uh, yeah. Truthfully, he was a he ended up being a somewhat above average hitter, and I'm glad that we the Reds had him because the Reds really needed him, and he came through at a time when you know Winker was hurt and the, and he went off again. But you know he had those two really hot stretches, and that was basically his year. He was below average the rest of the year, but still, you know the numbers are what they are. We're lucky to have him, but I, right. I'm not counting on him at age 31 next year. Right. And I, I don't, yeah. And I, I'm not counting on Max Schrock. Well, I'll have to disagree with you on that one. I think he's the, well, he's a superstar he's in real, waiting. He's real deal. I'm no. not counting on TJ Friedel. There's no reason to, as much as I, I mean, TJ Friedel had a better year in the major leagues than he'd ever had in the minor leagues since, you know, he was in rookie ball as a overage 20, uh, 20 year old. Yeah. He's a, he's a fifth outfielder. I mean, he's a, yeah, he's a depth guy. I don't have any problems with TJ Friedel. Got a little pop. Um, just don't start him. No, 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 he's not. That's what I'm saying. If, if Cassianos is gone, who do you have? You can't, as much as that pains me to say, you can't count on Nixon Zell in the outfield. <laughs> you can't count on Aristides Aquino. You can't count on Aristides Aquino. I mean, I get, you got Jose Barrero, who's a really good outfielder. That's what we're told. You can't count on Shogo Akiyama. <laughs> and you can count on Winker when he's on the field. If we're talking yeah. about outfielders, but you know he played 110 games this year. Well, I, yeah, I mean, as of right this minute, the Cincinnati Reds have, I mean, as of the minute Nick Castellanos stops out, they'll have no reliable outfielders on their 40-man roster. Yeah, I mean, Winker, yeah, if he's can stay on the field. Yeah, Senzel, if he can stay on the field and produce somewhat like he did in the minor leagues, which we're you know. Sinzel, I'm giving up at some point, but not yet. I'll be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Well, again, that comes back to hope is not a strategy, right? You know, you right. can't, you can't really can't count on those. I mean, you can't. I'd, I'd count on Winker, you know. Um, but you're hoping he stays healthy. If he's healthy, he's going to hit. I don't think yeah. there's any question. Yeah. About I mean, that. I think you got to pencil Winker in, but but well, here this will be the, the here. I think Nick Sinzel is an interesting point because this will be the the telltale sign of if the Cincinnati Reds are interested in being honest with their fans and with anybody. I'm not saying that they're going to try, but if they, if they come out and tell us, well, Nick Senzel is coming back and we expect him to be a really productive outfielder and counting on him to be the center fielder. Then you'll know. You sounded exactly like Nick crawl there. That's good work. Yeah, no, I didn't because I, (laughs) Nick crawl would have said something to the effect of, well, Nick, uh, Nick Senzel is, uh, Homo sapien. He's a guy. Will be present in Cincinnati, <laughs> more or less, during the season. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for clearing that up, Nick. Yeah. 
No, but I mean, so because the the Reds have shown us that they don't count on Sinzel at all. They did. They demonstrated that this year. Yeah, he's not in their plans. Yeah. Now, whether that's his fault, their fault, or the baseball gods' fault, their actions showed us that they are not happy with him, relying on him, believing in him. I don't know what it is, but it's one of those three things. So if they tell us, you know, get excited for Nick Sinzel bobblehead day on May 15th, well, then you know they're full of it. Yeah, yeah. We we know they're not, not serious. They're just trying to convince us. Um, so, I mean, you know, the, the, the conversation about bringing back Castellanos is wrapped up in this larger conversation about if the team is serious about competing next year, they have to construct an outfield, and, and, and an outfield with some depth, because depth was what killed the Reds this year. So it's not just about Castellanos, but if you don't bring him back, the task is that much uh, more difficult because you don't have the guys within the organization to uh, to fill that outfield next year. Uh, you'll put Barrero in center field, which means another year of Kyle Farmer at shortstop, um, which if that happens, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, and this is the yeah, right. Like, yeah, go back to that earlier conversation. Well, you know, you don't. Well, there'll be no winning, but you will get to watch Kyle Farmer for many years in a row. <laughs> right. There's your trade, Kyle Farmer. I mean, uh, Jose Barrero. You know, better defense, and, and not that Farmer was bad defensively. He certainly wasn't, but Farmer superior defensively, and he's the best, uh, you know, hitting shortstop prospect the Reds have had in years. And you're going to move, make him move positions because he's blocked by Kyle Farmer. Probably, probably the least talented starting shortstop the Reds have had in. 60 years, Se- 70 years, perhaps. <laughs> Probably. Not I mean, he- I'm serious. I mean, yeah. you know, th- yeah, okay. It depends on how you feel about Alex Gonzalez, I guess. Yeah. Orlando Cabrera for that one year. I'd take him. Yeah, I think so. I think so. He was a legitimate major league shortstop for a while. Yeah. Um. Yeah, again, and it sounds like we're hammering Farmer. Farmer is what he is. Uh, bring it's not him his up. fault. Exactly. Let him play shortstop, second, third. Let him play all over the diamond next year i don't care but moving your you know um big prospect shortstop to center field although the reds are going to need outfielders so you know you, you can argue but I, shortstop is such a a key position i just can't believe he would be blocked by kyle farmer um so so if, no, no. go ahead so well so let's talk about shortstop if you wanted if you wanted to run this team You've got four potential MVP superstar level shortstops on the free agent market this year. Now, I've overstated it a little bit because I don't like Javier Baez, but Carlos Correa, Corey Seager, Trevor Story. If you want to go defense, Anderson Simmons is available. All those dudes are going to be free agents this winter. So do you try, do you try to bring in the good one of those? guys are all under 30. Yeah. I could see Corey Seager in this lineup. Oh, Carlos Correa? Okay, yeah, Carlos Correa, absolutely. He's, he's number one uh, yeah. of that group to me. Javi so Baez? the Reds should go out. No. No. The no. Reds should go out and get Carlos Correa, get Chris Bryant to play uh, right field. Or no, put him in center and re-sign Castellanos. Boom. Done. There you go. There's your team. Now, we'll work, now we move to pitching. And, and, and then if Senzel works out wow what what a, what a great you know we have depth 
What a yeah. great trade chip <laughs> for when, well, or for when Weaker gets hurt. Um, or yeah, I mean, honestly, a trade chip. But you know, whatever he can play third base if the other guy doesn't hit again. Yeah, but do you, do you go out and get Correa? Well, again, this comes back to how much do you uh, believe in Jose Barrero, and and he's hit like mad on the minor league level, but you know he's got to do it at this level at some point. Um, if you can get a Correa, you say Jose. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't mind him. I don't mind uh, Barrero being blocked by a, a legitimate shortstop. I mean, worst case scenario, you wait a year, and then you know either. Suarez is gone, or Suarez is playing first base when Votto's gone, or who knows what. But yeah. So okay, now uh, we're going back to what we would do. That's fantasy land. It's all—all all this is fantasy land. We know what the Reds are actually going to do, but come on, we're trying to stay away from from that. What are your decisions on Tucker Barnhart and Wade Miley? Tucker Barnhart has a seven point five million dollar team option, five hundred thousand dollar buyout. Wade Miley has a ten million dollar team option with a one million dollar buyout. So if the Reds jettison both of those, they save a cool $16 million. I would be spending $10.5 million and see if you can figure out what that means. So I figured it. I figured it out. You're going to give Barnhart a raise and tell Molly goodbye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Tucker will be thanked for his service and his winning ways. And I'll put his gold gloves in a box and leave him by the side of the road and and we'll welcome in him into the reds hall of fame in a few years yeah i mean well here here's two gold gloves there is not a chance in the world that tucker barnhart gets that money from anybody else yeah so you let him test the waters and but but still uh still open to bringing him back if he, if he wants to and he's kind of a local kid he's from indiana so paid. you know um you think you think he's not going to get paid do you say I don't think he will, but I think he wants to. So I think oh, he's sure. going to, and I don't think he'll, how to say it. Like, I just don't think he'll, I think it, he'll go and he won't come back. Well, how often does that happen? That somebody goes and comes back. It is that. Almost never, yeah. almost never. And I, I think it'll be a pride thing for him. Maybe. I mean, I, and if he could pay great, um, I think, it, you know, again, if, if money's no object, I bring him back. Cause I think he's a good uh, caddy for Tyler Stevenson. Uh, you know, uh, he's not going to hit much um but defensively obviously he's good and uh you know he's kind of showing uh stevenson the ropes but it's got to be with the idea that stevenson's going to be playing really stevenson needs to be playing 75 percent of the games uh, just maybe not all of those at catcher you know he needs to be he needs to be in the lineup as much as he can get his bat in the lineup 10 million dollars for wade miley seems like a no-brainer in a in a real world right a team that's trying to win yeah yep I mean, even if you think he's only going to be the number four starter next year, which is what I, all I would count on him for. I don't know. You know, and you know what? Trade him at the trade deadline if you need to. I just It just seems like a... Yeah, I mean, yeah. Even if he's... Even if he... Like, it's a... That's a worthwhile bet that he's going to be as good as he was last year. Yeah. You but, know what I mean? Like, I don't... He could go back to being nothing. He could obviously get hurt. But here's the thing that I, I want to keep stressing. According to baseball reference, Wade Miley was the most valuable player on the Cincinnati Reds in 2021. And they got some goofy, uh, you know, war calculations for pitchers, but still. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. I mean, he was. He was valuable. He was the best pitcher they had. Yeah. Day in, day out, as far as 
providing high quality innings. Yeah, no, I think I think I think that's a no brainer. Barnhart, I would try to bring back if I could. I, I, I like the idea of Barnhart and Stevenson together. Um, can you get what you get from Barnhart though for less money somewhere else? Yeah, probably. I don't know if the Reds have anyone internally. Yeah, that can do that. But I, again, I, backup catchers are you know you can you can find them. I I am very pleasantly surprised, and by that I mean I just realized this that Tyler Stevenson got 400 at bats this year. Yeah, he did. He he played more than Barnhart did. I think if you look at starts at catcher, they were roughly equal. Yeah, but, but he got that time at first base. Yeah, yeah. So and he would probably he was probably the number one right hander off the bat the bench most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean they, they've got. I'd like to see that get a little bit. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see him get five hundred plate yes. appearances if they can do it without wearing him out. Yes, yes. That dude, that dude looks hard to wear out. He does. I mean, you know, he's he played some stout, left field. He's a stout man. He's a he's a stout young man. Yes. Um, so I'm looking forward to watching him. That's one of my uh, the most exciting things to watch for for next year. I think. Okay, uh, bullpen. If we're, that's maybe that's should have been the number one thing. If Absolutely. if you if you're serious, they got to fix the bullpen, right? Right. I mean, they they fixed it by uh, sending Michael Lorenzen on his way. Maybe. Well, right. I mean, what do they do with Amir Garrett? What do you do he's with Amir Garrett? He's arbitration eligible again. Uh, I think he only made one and a half million last year, but he'd be up for a pretty sizable raise, despite his uh, far from cromulent performance in 2021. I, I, I don't know what I do there. I mean, I, I tell you what, I, I'm. He pitched a lot, man. They put him out there 63 <laughs> times. I know. And he like. What's going to change? Like, what it, it, if there's anything that can be fixed? How is it not fixed in six months of a season? Yeah, I mean, I kept waiting for that moment when it was going to click for him. He'd have a day here or a day there. And it's not just it not clicking, but he just was, it wasn't that he was, you know, ah. Uh, under average, below average is what we would say, rather than under average. If I knew how to speak this language, <laughs> Mifel English—that's impossible. Um, he was bad, like <laughs> like worst reliever in the league. Bad. I mean, he he gave up a a seven ninety nine OPS against last year, which you want to compare that. He basically made everyone his he faced into t- Tyler Naquin. <laughs> Basically. Listen, that's not good. And that's, remember, look, you know, and he's getting platoon advantages half the, you know, I mean, a lot of the time. Yeah. He's almost always facing at least one lefty. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. I, I think he could probably have to, you know, I think he got to cut him loose. As much as I hate to say that, I, but you know we, we've been saying since the beginning, this guy has all the talent in the world. You can see the talent, but he's never really put it together. He had a short stretch where he was really good, but he's never really truly put it together. He, he, yeah, I mean his twenty twenty numbers look pretty good yeah, on the surface. Right? How many games? Twenty one games, eighteen innings. Right. You know, I mean, it wasn't even. Yeah, he still walked seven guys in eighteen innings. Yeah, I just he walked ten percent of the guys he faced. 
Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't see it. I don't see it. I think you probably have to let him go. And and, and I don't know. I don't know how hard it is to uh, to to fix a bullpen. You know, I just I, I've never believed it was hard. I haven't either. You know, well, look, they had Tony Santion, who they could have brought up at any time instead of uh, depending on you know uh, Kevin Quackenbush or whoever was out there this year. I did see the Quackenbush as a chose Quackenbush to be a Brock. free agent. <laughs> um, I'm always going to re- remember the season, and, and I'm always going to believe that Kevin Quackenbush was in the, the bullpen this year. Um, okay, another question I want to ask you about uh, what we do if we're running this team uh, and mm-hmm. trying to run it in a non-dysfunctional manner. What do we do with uh, Eugenio Suarez and Mike Moustakas? Well, what can you do? That's right. Exactly. They're both here next put, year. Put uh, Akiyama in there. That's true. That's true. That's- Although- Three dudes who are going to make, let's see, Castellanos, I'm oh, sorry, Mustakas makes 14, Suarez makes almost 11 million, Akiyama makes 7 million. Nope, sorry, that was last year. It's going to be 16, 11, and 8. So $35 million. And you can't move any of them. Over a quarter of the payroll are those three guys who basically perform like stiffs all year. Yeah, yeah, you're not trading them. I don't know what to think of Moustakas. Like, I try not to evaluate players based on their demeanor, and I try to – I'm very, 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 very reluctant to say someone isn't giving their 100% effort. But that guy looked disinterested when he was on the field, at least to me. Did you – Did I? am I reading into that more? I mean, he just looked like he had somewhere else to go. You know, I wondered if he just was never healthy, and but he was still that playing. That could be it. That could be it. He just was not able to move at all. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It it, it wasn't a good look, but again, you're right. We got to watch how much we read into that. But no, it, it didn't seem like he was. Well, he he didn't. He just was not a, a positive like, contributor. At any time. Like it just felt like a lot of like really quick at bats. Yeah, and and I can't you bend know. over for this ground ball. Yeah, and a quick turn back to the dugout, and you know, um, oh boy. Why I say, well, I'm just want to say, you know, I mean, I'm not in very good shape myself. Just say so it. Yeah, that's what we're thinking. I shouldn't point the finger at anybody else, and so I won't. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, but you know, okay. So Mustakas is not going back to second base. No. He's not playing first base, assuming health. Kyle Farmer's got short lockdown, or Carlos Correa, whoever, in our fantasy world. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. There is kind of a puzzle here, isn't there? You got two guys who, I'm not sure either of them need to be in the lineup, but they're being paid a lot, and so they need to be in the lineup. That's the way it works. A straight straight $29 million platoon at third base? Uh, you You could make the case. And again, if you want to look at the if you want to look at the numbers from last year, you probably do make this case that your best bet is putting Barrero at short and hoping he can capture the magic they had in the minors and put Farmer at third. <laughs> so a twenty eight million dollar bench players. <laughs> oh goodness! I don't know. I mean, you know, uh, the truth is, if it, it, I don't know that any team would do this, but. An economist would say, right, That's those are sunk costs. Sunk costs. you got to just loose. cut them loose. And you screwed up. You shouldn't have signed. Uh, I mean, I don't know how. 
you could have predicted this happening to Suarez. Uh, Moustakas was never much more than a, a somewhat above average player at his best. And he's just, I mean, the, the, it's just true. He's not in good shape. I don't know if it was because he was not healthy this year or whatever, but there were a couple guys that came back from their uh, minor league rehab stints that uh, looked like they had been partaking of the, uh, the clubhouse spread too much. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Again, I'm the same way. I'm not in the best shape of my life, uh, so I shouldn't say anything, but. I hope we hear that Mustakas is in the best shape of his life this spring. I don't know. Yeah, the that'd be a that good one. story. I mean, Suarez has been in the best shape of his life a couple of years in a row now. So yeah. he quit. Uh, he quit drinking uh, cerveza. Yeah. Well, I don't know the answer to that one. That's one I. There's no good answer unless one of those guys returns to something approaching their their former form. And you know, Suarez is going to be 30 next year. Mustakas is going to be 33. Yikes, that one hurts my head. I don't want to think about it anymore. What about this question? What do we do about, uh, do we seek to, uh, okay, this comes back maybe to our, our discussion earlier about being the Tampa Bay Rays. Do we try to uh, lock up uh, Jesse Winker, Luis Castillo, Tyler Malley, all or any of those guys to kind of longer term deals if we're running the team? Mm. Eh. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I probably would have been, down for that with um with uh winker if he hadn't missed the second half of the season not castillo no no i I don't i don't think i'll ever do that with a pitcher you got i mean i mean win two cy youngs and yeah i'll give you a long-term contract you're having homer bailey flashbacks aren't you i'm not i'm not but just tell me a pitcher that tell on any team that you'd be happy with the player in their contract. There's probably, there's definitely less than 10. And I'm talking about a free agent contract or a, or a long-term extension. Yeah. I would have done with Castillo two years ago. Scherzer, Verlander, Kershaw. Awesome. Yeah. You're talking about Hall of Famers though. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of where I am. I don't know that anybody else is ever worth that money. Is it just a real disappointment? at some point in that process, whether it's injury or performance. I think with uh, Castillo, you know, I think two years ago was the time to do it. Lock him up through age 30 or something. Mm-hmm. Kind of like they did with Cueto, frankly. Um, yeah. And Tyler Malley, same thing. You know, I don't I don't have a problem trying to do that. The dude was good this year at age 26. Lock him up through age 30. Yeah, if you want to take a guy who's who's good to very good, and lock them up through a couple years of ARB. I'm I'm cool with that. Yeah, I mean, you know, while they're still I young. Like Castillo, you're paying market rates at this point. Yeah, they missed the boat probably on Castillo. Um, what about uh, what about uh, TJ Antone? You lock him up for the long term? <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> really? He had an earned run average of two point one four. I don't. I don't think I do that. Oh. So the answer really with this team is just, uh, I don't know what the answer is. That to, to really be competitive next year, they're going to have to dip into the free agent market in some some way. I, yeah. Or make I tough decisions that, with current players. I think the thing that probably irritates me as much as anything about the way the Reds handled the bullpen last year was their, their insistence on retreads and – Never were's and has been's like 
all season long, if you look at these guys that got all these innings, so many dudes on the wrong side of 30. You know, your Brocks, your Hembrys, your Doolittles, Osich. I mean, why in the world were the younger guys who actually have some talent, why, why was Tony Santillan down there so long? He had options. That's what Nick Kroll told us. Is he becoming the best AAA pitcher he could be? Yeah, Nick Crawl's fascination with options is going to get him in a lot of trouble. Yeah. When this team needed relievers, desperately. I mean, how many, I'll pull it up here, I guess. Heath Hembry pitched in 45 games. Brad Brock, 35 games. Both ERAs over 6.3. Amir Garrett, 63 games, ERA over well, 6. Yeah, sort, sort that. Sort that Reds pitching list by games in appearance. All right, okay. they're in the in the top. Oh my gosh, that's hideous. Yes, in the top <laughs> six: Garrett, wow. Sims, Doolittle, Hembry, Hendricks, Brock. I don't even in remember Hendricks pitching that much. In the top six people that they pitched the most, four of them had ERAs of five point nine seven or worse. Sean Doolittle was the second best pitcher who pitched a lot out of the Reds bullpen. And try that on for size. <laughs> right. Is Hendricks even still with the organization? That's uh, I think he is, right? He I was, mean, if you, he if was you sort it by like the worst pitchers, like the worst pitchers got the most innings. Oh my goodness. Carson it... Fulmer, 20 games. Cionel Pirate Perez, 25 games. Heck, Michael Lorenzen, 27 games. Sal Romano, 14. I mean, they just kept trotting out the word. Jeff Hoffman, actually. It's it's mind-boggling. It's, it's mind-boggling, number one, that David Bell kept doing that, and number two, that Nick Crawl couldn't get him anything better to work with. Yeah. Yeah, at some point, uh, I do have issues with how Bell managed it, but my goodness. I mean, he just didn't have much to work with. I mean, that might be the worst bullpen the Reds have ever had. Boy, looking at it the way you suggested there, look at the most games, most appearances. Amir Garrett, Heath Hembry, Sean Doolittle, Ryan Hendricks, Brad Brock are five-year top six. Lucas Sims was the other one. That is outrageous. And some, yeah, right. I mean, no, you know, I'm sure they wanted to pitch TJ Antone more. Yeah, but, but <laughs> oh, you I know, mean, those they what they don't do is run guys out of town on a rail when they've proven that they're no good. Yeah, when when someone shows you that they're bad, believe them. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing to give Garrett chances. I I can live with that. I really, I mean, I didn't like it. Yeah, but I get it. I get it, but Heath Hembry. <laughs> That's the. I mean, Brad Brock. <sighs> What did they think Brad Brock was going to turn into? At age 35. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Well, that's that's a more, uh, you know, a grist for the mill of if they just uh, hadn't jettisoned two legitimate relief pitchers. One of whom was outstanding this year. Threw him away. He just gave him away because it cost both, too much. They're both free agents. <laughs> yeah, they're coming back here, I'm sure. But you, you, you get those guys. You got. 
you know, uh, Rosella Glacius throwing in pitching 45, 50 games, or whatever. You got Archie Bradley pitching in 45, 50, 60 games, or whatever. How many appearances is that that you don't have to watch Heath Embry or Ryan yeah. Hendricks or Brad Brock? It changes this, just those two pitchers. I'm not willing to, willing to say that's going to, would have turned them into a playoff team just by the, those two guys being present. But man, it really changes a lot about this team because you don't have, I mean, Brad Brock. Uh, I mean, uh, Heath Hembry finished 16 games. He he got eight. Brad Brock led the team, or tied for the team lead in saves with eight. Tied with Michael Givens, who I won't remember in five years. He'll be one. Of, yeah, he's definitely gonna be one, a, a guy. Yeah, a guy we remember. Hey, remember that guy? Yeah. Oh, so goodness. so look so look. Like, I know wins above replacement isn't isn't the best, but let's, let's game it out. Right. I mean, Bradley pitched 51 innings, 53 games and had a 0.7 war baseball reference. Not great. Right. All right. But let's just see if we can find 53 innings, 50, 51 innings to replace here. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, Amir Garrett threw 47 innings. How about that? We'll replace Amir Garrett's innings. There you go. And Amir Garrett in those innings, and we wouldn't replace Garrett, but it was negative three. So there's one win we just picked up. There you go. Igle- Iglesias pitched 70 innings and had a 2.8 ERA. I mean, sorry, 2.8 war. Gosh, for a reliever. That's great. So so let's find 70 innings. Well, Brad Brock threw 30, and uh, Sean Doolittle threw 38. So there you go. There's 70. No, let's take Hembrys. 42. So we're going to replace Hembry and Brock. Right? Yep. So Hembry. And that's actually pretty realistic. Yeah. Hembry was 0.5. So that's 3.3 wins so far. Brock was negative 0.6. So that's four wins. We picked up five wins. Between the two. By swapping those two guys out for the, the three biggest stiffs in the bullpen. Two guys the Reds already had. <laughs> it's not like they had to go out and get yeah. anybody. So now the Reds win eighty six games instead of instead of eighty three. No, eighty eight, right? You said it's a They say three wins? Oh you, I thought you said good grief. I was told there would be no math. Whatever. They beat the Cardinals. More wins. Now, now yeah. they're now they, they're in the World Series. They're in the World Series. If they just keep those guys, I think we've decided. Simple math, guys. It's just math. Let's answer some viewer mail questions, uh, if you don't mind. Mr. Garber. Uh, all right. All right. First question comes from Joe Farsing. I think anticipating that it's uh, that it's me and you on here tonight. What's your favorite Simpsons Treehouse of Horror sketch? Now, I will say that I didn't give Chris these questions ahead of time, so I'll, I'll give you a second to think about it. Maybe you can come up with one. All so right. I'll go ahead and say mine. Favorite Simpsons Treehouse of Horror sketch. That's a, you know, the Treehouse of Horrors is um, every year Simpsons does uh, this crazy, uh, it's not canon. <laughs> these sketches, okay? <laughs> <laughs> they go, they go crazy. My favorite one by far was called uh, Citizen Kang, and this is this is where uh, Kang and Kodos, the aliens, uh, take over the bodies of uh, of Bill Clinton and Bob Dole running for president. And uh, the the line that I remember is is abortions for some, miniature American flags for others. <laughs> well. I appreciate you giving me more time to think about this and then promptly taking my answer. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's, that's because, the best one. Yeah, that is the best one. And uh, the, the, 
<laughs> my favorite line, I'm glad you didn't at least steal that, is when uh, the Bob Dole character, the, the, the uh, Kang and Kodos abduct Dole and Clinton through some sort of like, uh, you know, alien abduction deal. It's not canon. And, but they, they suck them up into outer space. And the way they do that is through a giant glass, uh, like cylinder that they put over top of the, the, the presidential candidates. And I believe it, it like vacuums their clothing off. But, uh, Bob Dole, who, uh, when this happens, he looks around and says, what is this? Some kind of tube? <laughs> Bob Dole wants to know. Yes. Oh, oh my goodness. Man. That's if you haven't seen that twirling, one. Twirling, twirling, twirling. <laughs> so good. So good. It's good. Any others uh, pop to mind uh, immediately? Uh, is the, is that the uh, is a Treehouse of Horror the one where Lisa creates the uh, the little world in a petri dish? I think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The city, like the city. Yeah. And and, yeah, bo- and the aliens they quickly like evolve to uh, at life and and develop spaceships and so forth. Yeah, that's a good one. There was one, it seems like, where Groundskeeper Willie was Freddy Krueger. That, <laughs> yeah. that I thought was pretty good. I remember that one. Um, I don't know. Was Those there are, a fly? Wasn't there a, a fly episode? There is. There is. Um, Bart? <laughs> uh, there, there was one where uh, Homer uh, became 3D. He like went into the real world. Yeah, that was a good one. Which was pretty good. Um, so anyway, uh, The Simpsons. We talk about The Simpsons every time you're on here. I'm not sure why. Next question. Thanks for that question, Joe. It's a good one. Um, well, I guess we'll be getting a Treehouse of Horror uh, here soon. Uh, it's about that time of year. The Simpsons is still on the air. Goodness gracious. This is the only one I'll uh, watch like all year now, too. Yeah, yeah. All right. Seth Shaner asks, again, these questions come from our friends at patreon.com slash Radio. Patreon.com slash Radio. Seth Shaner's question is this. Two, que- two questions. Seth, come on. You're getting greedy. First, what needs to happen to be pleasantly surprised about this upcoming Reds off season? Well, we kind of just talked about that, and I'm just going to say, don't get your hopes up. B, how do I determine which chapters of The Big 50 were written by Chris, and which ones were written by Chad? Well, that's obvious. Just pick which one you like. That's mine. <laughs> exactly. The best ones? Whichever ones you like the best? Those are Chris's. The truth is, people don't know this. Chris wrote 47 of the 50. I, I just, uh, you know, gave uh, right. editorial it's, suggestions. It's, yeah, you know, he just, he kind of, you did, you did skim them all. I did. I, I briefly looked over a couple of those chapters. A couple of them I didn't get time to get to. But. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> James Irvin. Yeah. No, go we, ahead. We both, we, we, I think we might have told this before, but we, to, in truth, we both, uh, we divided up the list and we both kind of made first drafts of 25, but we traded back and forth each chapter three, four, five times. And so I think the, the idea was to make it pretty seamless. So you shouldn't be able to tell, uh, one person wrote one versus the other. So, yeah, I could uh, go through we both ended up writing a lot. Yeah. I could go through it and, and, and pick out which ones I wrote first drafts on, but the way the chapters turned out, you can't really, you can't tell because there was so much back and forth and, um, we both, each of us had free reign to kind of make suggestions and change. And, you know, it was a pretty open process. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was probably more more we divided up the research. I would say as that's much it. as anything. That's it. Yeah, that's it. And then actually polishing it and and making it uh, sound right, fell to both of us. So, but Chris's chapters were still the better ones. James Urban. Everyone talks about how baseball has to change to get more viewers, but I can't help but think it doesn't need more viewers. 
If you change too much, the game we fell in love with isn't the same anymore. Just wondering where you guys stand on this. Does baseball need a big overhaul, or is it in a spot that is already good enough? You got some thoughts there, or you want me to dive in? Uh, go ahead. I'm just I'm about to make a joke. <laughs> I like jokes. I'm, I don't have it. I don't have it right though. So, okay. Anyway. Um, I would say that every sport changes more than baseball constantly. The, the, the sport of basketball is not the same sport of basketball we watched in the 1980s when you know when I fell in love with basketball. Uh, football is not the same game. Uh, I don't think that just uh, I don't think change for change sake's a good thing, but I don't think there's anything kind of untouchable about the game. I mean, the game's changed anyway over the years. You know, um, baseball's more hesitant to change, but I, I, I like baseball. And if it's a good baseball game, I don't mind watching a four and a half hour good baseball game. My goodness, some of these playoff games have been. It, I don't know how they're taking so long, and it. That—that's oh, what bothers me. I, people are going to say that you don't like baseball if you if you. Well, you know hate what? That. Maybe I don't, and maybe that's a problem. I mean, a guy who's who's been a massive fan of baseball for over forty five years, who wrote a damn book about it, and I'm driven insane by watching two hours of baseball in the four and a half hour window. Yeah. Like that's the thing that gets me. I like baseball. I just want more baseball in my baseball games. <laughs> I want less batting glove adjusting. Right. I want less pitchers taking eight seconds to settle into their set position. Like yeah, and, and the pitcher thing is a is a direct result of this uh, analytic uh, re- analytical re- revolution in baseball, frankly, because they're going max effort on every pitch, so they got to kind of take some time to collect themselves. And th- I don't know. I, I think baseball does need a big overhaul. That's that's my opinion. I think the game right now. I love the game. I'm going to keep watching it, but I, I don't think it's even not just the playoffs. I don't think it's a no. pleasant viewing experience most of the time with the shifts and the you know home run or nothing uh, here on home run yeah. derby. I just I don't think that's as fun a sport. Maybe that's me being the old man yelling at clouds. I, I want baseball players to make baseball plays. I'm I understand the difference between what is right in terms of winning a game and what is aesthetically pleasing to a fan. And I think we've gone way too far on the first. And you know. <laughs> the question presupposes maybe you don't need baseball fans, but <laughs> I think you do. And I think the fact that neither of my kids who play baseball all the time will watch a game on TV with me is a, is a problem long-term. My son loves playing baseball, loves it. I can hardly get him to watch a game with me. He, he likes watching highlights on Instagram. He doesn't want to watch, sit and watch a, a, a baseball game. That's got to be a problem. It is, and my kid, my kids will watch football. Is that I right? Mean, they don't watch. They don't watch football as much as you know you and I watch football, or even as much as I watch football now. But they'll watch a football game. They'll watch an NFL game. Yeah, because it's every thirty-five seconds. There's action. <laughs> What's that like? What's what they say? Uh, football uh, combines the two worst uh, elements of American society. Extreme violence punctuated by meetings. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think baseball does need an overhaul. Uh, maybe that's just me being the old guy. Um, I don't feel like I'm that old. <laughs> I mean, I was watching a game 
I don't know what night it was. I fell asleep before the damn thing was over. And I got out my the, the app, my stopwatch app on my phone. And I was like, I'm interested to see how long they're taking between pitches. You know, the minor league uh, pitch clock is 25 seconds. And I believe it starts when the pitcher catches the ball mm-hmm. back from the catcher. Or, yep. uh, and uh, it's 25 seconds. And I believe it's the, as long as they're beginning to come set it's it's they're they're you know that's okay in 25 seconds and even then like they kept going past it but even then like you watch and you're like jesus is taking forever and it's like 28 seconds so even a pitch clock of 25 isn't going to like save the day it'll help but, yeah the the trick the trick is and it's it's a hard trick Finding a way to get more balls in play. Yes. Fewer strikeouts, fewer walks, and fewer home runs, unfortunately. Yeah, the, the truth or is... I keep the number of home runs. I don't care, but we right. need the balls bouncing around on the field. Yeah, strikeouts are become you know, ground outs. Uh, more singles, frankly, doubles. I like that stuff. I, I think that's the biggest uh, challenge, frankly. I think I would watch a longer game if there's actual action on mm-hmm. the field. You know, If players are making plays, if the ball's being put into play. And you can't, yeah, you can, the, the trick is you can't change, you can't monkey with the strike zone because that just trades walks for strikeouts or strikeouts for walks. Yeah, that doesn't improve the product aesthetically. Yeah. Hooper Powell asks, can we offer the assistant general manager of the Tampa Bay Rays free skyline for life to take over for Nick Kroll? Sure. Well, yeah. you know, a three-way is the kind of meal that you may occasionally think about eating it involves multiple ingredients <laughs> and is usually served in restaurant or takeout uh locations uh chris with his world-renowned nick crawl impression I'm like, I'm like frank caliendo over here <laughs> that's right i mean oh, that's a laugh a minute here uh the problem with that hooper is just that getting some smart guy from the rays is not the answer because you got to get the ownership to give that person free reign and support what they're doing. And you don't have that here. Uh, Kyle Kapler, uh, I love you, buddy. It's a probably a good question. I don't understand it. I'm just going to tell you. So we're gonna have to, we're running short on time, so we're, we're, and we're going speed around here. Send, so Send back another draft. <laughs> yes, yeah, send, send it back next week. Mike Perry, over under, over or under 60%, the chance that the Reds go over 500 next season. So he's putting the uh, he's putting the over under line at sixty percent. I no, I definitely don't understand this. Sixty <laughs> um, so percent, they win fifty percent. <laughs> what is it? Uh, you know, sixty percent of the time, it works every time. <laughs> um, uh, okay, what are the chances the Reds go over five hundred next year? I say that actually, if you think about it this way, I think the chances the Reds go over five hundred uh, in twenty twenty two is. Um, it's not going to happen. It's less than this year. I think it's less than this year. So I th- I'm going to take your under, Mike. Under. Under. Nathan Connor, front office is going in a new direction, possibly an old direction. Yeah. The owner loves hometown favorites. Relationship with Sinzel on the skids. Shogo hasn't lived up to his contract. I like the short and pithy sentences here, Nathan. Uh, Castellanos likely opting out. Billy Hamilton is an unrestricted free agent. Just saying. Cats living together. <laughs> Mass hysteria. That's not a question, but I like your comment, Nathan. Rich Thompson, the shortest question he's ever asked. Thank you. Dear Chad and Quit, Chris, Chad and Quiss. Quiss. For the 2022 season, who is likely to be the starter 
open on opening day at shortstop. Um, so uh, his, his, here's the options: Kyle Farmer, Jose Barrero, Matt McLean, Nick Senzel, or someone else brought in from outside of the organization. Is Matt McLean the guy they just drafted? No, I think he was uh, actually he won 30 games for the Tigers uh, some years back. Die Hard. <laughs> I started to say Die Hard, and instead I went with a Denny McLean reference. Yeah, very good. Uh, the answer is Kyle Farmer. I think the answer is Kyle Farmer. Maybe. You know what? Who knows? Maybe they go with Jonathan Endy at short, Mustakas at second. <laughs> That's another podcast. <laughs> Last question, Joey Gaditza. Hey, guys, with Halloween quickly approaching, if you could put Bob Castellini in a costume, what would it be? There's only one answer to this, Chris. Do you want to? Go ahead. He's a clown. He's just a clown. I was going to go with the Scarecrow from Wizard of Oz. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if I only had a, an owner. Um, Chris, any final thoughts, man? Uh, negative. No, this was All fun. This was fun, I guess. I don't know. Bad, vibe, bad, bad vibes only, Chad. Bad vibes only. All right, so this is episode number 397 of uh, Red Lake Nation Radio. For Chris Garber and President Kang, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.